John chapter 17. John chapter 17, I'm going to start reading in verse number 20. I will read the rest or the remaining of that chapter as we talk about the Heavenly Father in our text today. John chapter 17, starting in verse number 20. The Bible says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thus thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I will declare it unto them thy name, and will declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Heavenly Father, thank you today for this time that we've had to come before you, and I pray you would speak to our hearts, Lord, the voice of truth. Lord, maybe there's one here today that does not know you, does not know Jesus as their Savior. Therefore, they do not know you as the Heavenly Father, as their Heavenly Father. But Lord, I pray that today would be a day of salvation for them, Lord. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Talk a little bit about the Father in heaven and hopefully... He is your father, and you're able to say, my father, that is in heaven. That is, of course, the goal for, for all the time that you would come to know him. And, of course, we know that that is the father's will, that you would know him. It's God's will that you would know him as your father in heaven. But we're going to talk about him, and, of course, it kind of sounds, I know this is going to sound strange, but I'm going to try to be brief because I know we have this video prepared, and, and it's going to be a great thing. And, and I'm going to, like I said, here's why it sounds strange. Because when you're talking about the Heavenly Father, you need quite a bit of time to talk about Him. I mean, we're talking about someone that's been around for all eternity. He did a lot, and He's done a lot, and He will do a lot. And we will be here a long time, and I can tell you that I'm not capable of telling you all there is to know about our Heavenly Father. Nobody knows all about him. I mean, he's God. He's the creator of all. And again, he is eternal. But when thinking about the great subject of the Heavenly Father, there's, a, there's some comparisons that we're going to make, but mostly we'll talk about some differences between the Heavenly Father and, of course, the earthly Father. We are here today because... We have a father. We have been, I mean, think about it. I'm talking about physically. And you can look at it spiritually too. But we're here today. We're breathing. We're alive because we have an earthly father. I mean, think of it. There's nobody. We didn't just, only God just exists. 
I mean, there's no one that's entered into this world without a father and a mother except for God and, of course, Jesus Christ. He came into this world, of course, by God. Listen, you and I have a father and a mother. Some people don't even know who their father is. Maybe they came, it was by a donor or whatever, and they don't know and I don't know there's different things in this world we have today, but one thing's for sure, you have a father and a mother or you wouldn't be here. Your father may no longer be living. Some of you here today, I'm sure your fathers went on to either maybe be with the Lord or died, and and that may be a long time ago, I don't know, but he is your father nevertheless. Some people don't even know who their father is. But that makes no difference. They still have a father. And that father is part of their life. I mean, that's when, when the, in conception and you have that, you're born and there's some, if you will, some hidden things and some visual things that will reveal who your father is. You know, there's people today, they go and they don't know their father. Well, they have to go and do a DNA test. And they can tell who your father is by DNA. You will possess that DNA and it will match up. And they can tell you who your father is by DNA. It's a blood test, by the way. Well, I tell you what, we're talking about physically. But how about if there was such a thing as a spiritual DNA test? I want to tell you that if you have been born again, and and they sang the song, Redeemed, How have you been redeemed? Well, I'll tell you how. By the blood of Jesus Christ. And I ask you today, has the blood of Jesus been applied to your life? If I was to run a spiritual DNA test, what would I find? Would I find that you have a heavenly father? If that's the case, the rule blood, Jesus Christ will be flowing through you. Has the blood been applied in your life? But the thing is, I'm not capable of doing that type of test. Only God knows if the blood has been applied. But there's some other ways of knowing who your physical father is. And that is, there is some physical evidences. Some of those things, some of those mannerisms, some of just the things. Is that, you know that song that says, I'm starting to see my father in me. Well, you know, when you think about it, you will have some of your faith, whether you know him or not. He will be in you. He's part of you because of the blood, the DNA. You will have some of the attributes of your father. Some of those things you'll find yourself doing. You may find yourself say, you may look like him. I don't know how the evidences will be, but there is some visual, visual evidences of who your father is. We see in our text today, And there's only two things I'm going to try to stay. I'm not going to drift off the text very far. I'm going to just stay in this text. But you see in this text two things that that talks about things that are proofs that you have a heavenly father. And you see the two words I'm going to bring up is he keeps on mentioning that we are one. He is in me and I am in him. And we are one. And he also mentions love. You see that word over and over and over again in just those few verses that we read. One of the greatest proofs 
that you have a heavenly Father is that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit of God. That means that you're able to love people and you have that love that's made manifest. I want you to flip over to some very good uh, scripture and it's in 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter 4 and starting in verse number 7, here's some proofs of who your father is. 1 John chapter 4 verse number 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. That's pretty clear, isn't it? That's some evidences. Now look down, if you will, a little ways further. In verse number 12, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. I've never seen God. No man's ever seen God. And say, well, how do you know he's your heavenly father? I know because the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. I know because there's some things in my life that I'm not naturally capable of doing. I know because God changed me. Have you been changed today? No man has seen God, and the evidence that God dwells in us is that the love of God is perfected in us. Now look in verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. There's a lot of verses that you will find in the Bible just exactly like that. One of the greatest evidences of, of you having a heavenly father is that God's love is in you. Now, when you're born physically, you don't, you don't have that kind of love in you. Your father may have been a loving man. He may be a loving man. But he is not capable to give you the love that God has given. No man is capable to love like God. God is love. God's love is unselfish and all that it is. Again, you could go on and on and on. What's another proof? The proof is union. Jesus said, I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. And in this prayer, in the last part of Jesus' prayer, he, that, that is what he prays, that they will be one. They talking about those that will be born again, those that have a heavenly father, that we may be one. Folks, the world needs evidence today. The world needs, they're not seeing much evidence that we have a heavenly father. We claim to know God and we claim to be in union with God. And by the way, spiritual life means that your soul, the spirit is in union with God. You have fellowship. You have union with God. And there's only one way that's possible. We'll get to that in just a minute. But we're talking about the father-son relationship. We need to be in union to God and with God because the world needs to see the evidence that God's our father. And they need to see that. And you see that in the text. Jesus mentioned it. That the world may know. Look, verse 23. That the world may know. Then he says it again. 
that the world may know. That the world may believe, excuse me, and that the world may know. Well, the world needs to know before the world believes. And they need to see that in us. Hopefully, they can see the Heavenly Father in our lives. The Bible says that we are one. There is one body. Many members, but one body. You may take somebody, whether it would be... Uh, identical twins they may have and they have the same father these identical twins triplets whatever they are they may be different i mean they're different personalities in a sense there's yes they're in they they have that special bond with their father but they may be different folks that's the way we are as a church we're not all the same we don't see everything exactly alike we're not robots we're not clones of one another. We're many members, but yet we're one. And one of the greatest evidences of the church today is that right there. Jesus said that the world may know that you are my disciples. How will we know that? If we love one another. If we are one with God and one with one another. And that's what he says in these verses, 21. He says that they all may be one as, as we are. Verse 22, again, that they may be one as we are. Verse 23, he says it again, that they may be perfect in one. But we think about that. There's some things about the Heavenly Father, again, we could go on and on talking about all that the Heavenly Father has done and, and all the things that He will do. You could talk a long time. There's some houses that I drive by. They're getting pretty old now uh, when thinking back a long ways, but there are some houses around here that I could drive by and I could say, my dad built that house. But isn't it something... As a Christian, we can look all around us. And I may see you see that tree out there, Brother Ronnie. My Father in heaven made that tree. That mountain that you see, my Father in heaven made that mountain. He made the oceans. He talked the world into existence. He not only built it, he's the creator of it. He created these things out of nothing. I'm talking about the heavenly Father. That's how great he is. He's the creator of the world that we live in. All around us, we can see what he's done. You look around, you see what he's done. You look up, you see what he's done. He knows us. Just like your earthly father knows you pretty good. You spend a lot of time together. Well, the heavenly father knows you even better. He knows every hair on your head. The heavenly father loves us. God is love. And not only does he love us, we, don't, we can't even question it because he's proved his love toward us in that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. For when we were yet sinners, he did this. God proved his love for us. And the proof of God's love is Jesus Christ. And then, of course, he wants the best for us. He wants us to look in verse number 23. When you look down there, well, 
Look in the last part of 23. This is my last point. And has loved them as thou hast loved me. Folks, you say, how much does God love me? He loves us like he loved Jesus. That's quite a bit. How much does God love me? For God so loved the world. Like they sing about. No one can measure God's love. You can't measure it. But God wants the best for us. Now notice in verse 23, he said that they may be perfect, made perfect in one. God's goal is for us to grow up. That word perfect speaks of maturity. God wants you to live a blessed life. Just like as an as a earthly father, you want your children to grow up uh, healthy and and vibrant and, and blessed. You don't want them to grow up and, you know, to be without a job. or You want them to have all the things, as much as you can give them. You want them to grow up happy. You want them to grow up blessed and have a family of their own. Well, God wants us even the more to grow up spiritually. He wants to bless us, and he wants the best for us. But we need to understand the best for us is God's will. Just like as children a lot of times, you don't understand maybe that your parents want the best for you. And by wanting the best for you, sometimes they, they won't give you something that you want. Or sometimes they may not say, well, you can't go there and you're angry. But listen, it's the same way with the Heavenly Father. All the things that He does or don't do is for our best. Because God's will is to bless us. God's will is to take care of us. He wants us to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. And of course we know God's ultimate goal is for all to go to heaven. For all to be with Him. He's a God, the Heavenly Father. He's full of grace and mercy. I mean you cannot measure His love. You can't measure His grace or mercy either. The Heavenly Father's always there. You know, there's kids today, their fathers are nowhere around. I hope today if you're here and you're a father, you will be there. You will provide for your children the way you're supposed to. You will raise your children and, of course, the admonition of the Lord in the right way. And you will love them and take care of them. How much the more? The Heavenly Father has provided for us. He'll never leave us, nor will He forsake us. He's a perfect Father. Just like the song says, He's a good, good Father. Think about this. You know, all this thing said, you said, well, it sounds pretty good. I, how do I... How do I become part of the Father? How do I know the Father? How do I know this Heavenly Father? Well, it's list, it, basically it tells us in this passage. Notice in verse number 20, that was the first verse that I read. Jesus is praying. Now in this prayer, he has just got through praying for the disciples. That was, this is in the present tense. And he was praying for the disciples because he was on the earth. The disciples were there. But in verse 20, he starts looking forward to those that he says, which shall believe. So that would include the believers of today. That will include you and me. 
And here's what his prayer is. That they shall believe on me through their word, which he's talking about the disciples or the talking about the word of God. So he gives away the key right there. Listen, no man can come into the Father but by Jesus Christ. And no man can even come to Jesus except the Father allows it to be. Now, I could take 30 minutes and try to explain that. I don't know if I could ever explain it. But the thing that it is, it's pretty simple when you listen to Scripture and you read the Bible. You see, in the physical realm, when you were born into this world, you did not choose your father. Isn't it something today? We, we as human beings blame the way that we are on everybody else, don't we? I mean, we got to look, we got to put the blame on, well, my parents didn't love me. My parents didn't accept me for who I was. They didn't, it's always somebody else's fault. I mean, we didn't choose our parents. We were brought in this world and, of course, said God's, uh, it, it is, uh, God was over it, no doubt. But you didn't choose your parents. They brought you into this world physically. And the difference is, the Heavenly Father, we didn't choose Him either. He chose us. Now, I want you to look at this. It's a, it's a passage we'll explain, I believe it. In uh, chapter 6 of John, that's back just a little ways. Chapter 6 of John. Here's what Jesus said. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. You know what he's saying there, pretty simple? Just like he said in many other places. Jesus said, no man has seen the Father at any time. The Son hath come to declare him. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You must come through me. And to come through me, it must be given to you of the Father. But you have to come by Jesus Christ. You must believe. Over in John 1, in verse number 12, John 1, 12 says, As many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, and I want you to be clear about this. If I say this or you read it, we are the children of God. It, through, through Christ, if, you, if Christ is your Savior, you're a child of God. You're a child of the King. You're not the Son of God. There's only one Son of God. There's only one God. There's only one Son. There's only one Holy Spirit. And they're all one. But we are the children of God. I know because a lot of people said, we're all God's children. Everybody in the world are God's children. That's what they say. Not everybody's a child of God. Because the only way you can be a child of God is through Jesus Christ. He gives you the power to become the sons of God. And you don't have it on your own. Because the next verse says, which were born, not of blood, 
nor the will of the flesh. That means just because you were born physically, you're not a child of God. You can't make up your mind on your own, the will of the flesh. You can't make up your mind on your own that you're going to be a child of God. Or it says, nor the will of man. Or in other words, somebody cannot tell you you're a child of God. That don't make you a child of God. How do you do it? God does it. You must be born again. To become part of the family of God. You were born in this world into a family. You may like them, you may not. I don't know. But either way, if you want to be a part of the family of God, if you want to know the Heavenly Father and the Son that are one, well, I tell you, you have to be born again. And the only way you can be born again is by the power of God. That you would believe. What did Jesus say in the text? Through the word. You see faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. For we're saved by grace through faith. That not of yourself. It's a gift of God. And once you are born again into the family of God. You become co-heirs with Christ. You now have an inheritance incorruptible. Undefiled that fadeth not away. Reserved in heaven for you. Look in the text in verse 22. He says, And the glory which thou gavest me, I given them. Right now, we possess his glory within us. That's what it says. Jesus has given us the glory inside of us. But one day, we shall behold his glory. Look in verse 24. That they may behold my glory. You see, because when we get to heaven, we're going to see the Father. We're going to see Him as He is. And we will get to behold the glory of God. You see, when Jesus said there in verse number 26, He said, I've declared unto them thy name. All the things that pertain to life and godliness, Jesus has or will declare unto us. It's not held back. It's available. You see, the goal of the Heavenly Father is that, again, we will be like Him. And folks, as a church, as children of God, the more that we are like the Heavenly Father, the more attention we'll get from the world that they may know that there's something different. They'll know that we're not it's not a normal thing. We've not just been born physically. We've been born from above. We've been born spiritually. You can know that you're going to heaven. You can know that you'll be with God someday. And it says there in, uh, where is it? Verse number, uh, verse 24. He says, that thou also whom thou hast given me, talking about those who have been born again, be with me where I am. Jesus' prayer there was for us to be with him. One person said, how do we know that we have the heavenly father? How we know we can go to heaven? There's three reasons. Because the price that Jesus paid, he gave his precious blood so that we could be forgiven. Because the promise that Jesus made 
In John chapter 14, he said that where I am, there you may be also. And he made a promise. And we see in the text today by the prayer that Jesus prayed. And as far as I know, that every prayer that Jesus has prayed or will pray will be answered by the Father. There's a reason. But it all comes down is do you know him? Do you know the heavenly father that we're talking about? The creator of the earth. The savior of all mankind. Do you know that you'll have a home in heaven? You're going to get to see your heavenly father someday if you know him. If you're saved, if you're a part of his family, you'll see him someday. He'll say, well done. Welcome home, my child. Are you the, a child of God? If not, now would be the time to take care of that. You see, because you can choose. He chose you, but by faith, you choose Him. You believe, you trust Him as your Savior. Father, I pray you'd bless the time of invitation today. Lord, thank you for being my Father. Lord, and I pray that I'll be more like you. Lord, work through me. I know that you're in me. I pray that you will work through me. That the world may see who my Father is. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.